On today's Break It Down for Bracken's podcast, we hear from Jenny and Travis again, and they update us on the progress of their JFK 50 training plan. Have you heard of Bracken's painting? I started Bracken's painting back in 2011. We do both residential and commercial painting. We have contractors licenses in West Virginia and Virginia, and we carry all the necessary insurances like workers' comp, general liability. Uh, We operate a small staff that focuses on meeting the homeowner's needs and project manager's timeline expectations. Uh, we We try to have exceptional attention to detail. If you're interested in doing any sort of commercial or residential painting, please contact Bracken's Painting. More information can be found at www.brackenspainting.com. One of my friends from the Leadership West Virginia program, Rob Passmore, is this year's race director for the Poco River 15K. The Poco River 15K is West Virginia's oldest road race, and this year it is held on May 2nd, Poca is just a few miles north of Charleston, West Virginia. This year's course is the same as the older course uh, because the new bridge has been built and they can run across the bridge and complete the loop. If you want to learn more about this 15K, which comes out to 9.3 miles, you can look it up, Poca, P-O-C-A, River Run on Facebook.com or Poca River Run on RunSignUp.com. Have you heard of the Try This West Virginia conference? If you're somebody who is working to build a healthier West Virginia, then you should join the over 500 like-minded people this year at the seventh annual conference. Uh, It's in Buckhannon, West Virginia. This year it's on June 12th and June 13th. Go there to learn about grassroots efforts that are taking place from all around the state, from community gardens to yoga in schools, running and biking programs, and even maybe building a community recreation center. Once you've networked around the conference, there's also opportunities to learn how to apply for grant funding for a project in your own community. Enjoy two days of healthy food, physical activity, and mindful living. Register before March 15th for early bird rates at trythiswv.com slash conference. Okay, guys, welcome back to the podcast. On this one, let's talk about how tough this training week was. What did you guys get into? How did it go? Jenny, why don't you start? This week was a good training week. It wasn't, last week was a tough training week emotionally. Yes, Um, agreed. This week was a successful training week, but it came with a whole lot of, whole lot of stress. Um, Sometimes stress in the body, I think it's worth mentioning, is, can be the same as, is, excuse me, stress on the mind can be the same as stress on the body. And, as we talk about rest, we talked about last week in recovery, we need to also take into account the stress that you have in your mind. Do you have a stressful life? Do you have a stressful job? Um, are you able to have any downtime to kind of recover from that? It's, it, it, it weighed heavily on me this week, um, but I, I, I wanted to this week talk about grit and just talk about kind of breaking through maybe it's not a hard week maybe it's not the same type of difficult week as last week we were able to triumph through it but i kind of want to lead in and and talk about something i heard this week i listened to a podcast about ultra running this week that was so good but yet so hard for me to hear i listen to probably every running podcast there is 
And I love it because I like to hear other people's experiences with running. And what I like to hear most is the realness of the struggle. Because to me, before I became a runner, it appeared that everybody could run but me. It took me two and a half years of running before I was able to run my first half marathon at Harper's Ferry Half. I tried to run, it would fail, and I watched everybody doing it, and nobody ever talked about grit and why it was hard. And what I struggled with this week was listening to podcasts about runners talk about running these extraordinary distances. And it's wonderful, but me never knowing what's behind that. I, I, I didn't hear the struggle. And I got off of last week us talking about me training and potentially overtraining and worrying about rest days. And I worried about having a 70, at, at the end of last week, it was a 70 mile week, my heaviest week. And then I start listening to these things with people running these extraordinary distances. And I start looking at myself going, what's wrong with me that I'm tired at 70 miles? Forgetting 70 miles is a lot. And so today I want to talk about grit because I want other runners out there to know how how hard it can be. It's not always easy. And I don't want to make it like every week for us is hard because it's not. Um, we had a very good week this week, but I want to be real about it and what we go through. Um, Travis, what, what were your feelings about this week? Um, Thursday night, who repeats up? It was really tough with the wind and all, and so many times I just wanted to just stop and and walk. But I, I knew that you wasn't going to do that, and I wasn't going to let you see me take the shortcut and walk. And so I, I just kept going, and it was really tough. We did 10 hill repeats at three minutes apiece and with a headwind. It, it, was, it was really, really hard. And it felt like it was 15 degrees outside. Yes. We have, Travis made a good point about what we do during the week. And he said that we have three pillars really of what we're, what we're training. We're training speed on Tuesdays, hills on Thursdays, and endurance on Saturdays. And those are truly the three pillars of what we're trying to do to build strength and, and our distance running. And those are our tough days. We love our easy days. We have easy days mixed yeah. in there too, or we do yoga and we do walking and we do easy runs, but those are the days that I think are, are yes. building our character. They're work days. Yeah. And what I'm grateful for this week is that I have a training partner who, who is about as close to a carbon copy of me and my spirit of training as you can get. I know that I'm not going to quit because he's not going to quit. I have a training partner that's not going to call me up and say, I'm tired. I can't do this today. And I'm not going to do that to him. Right. And so, um, this week, this week started, this, this week was, was just a, a stressful week mentally, I think a little bit, but we had some really good triumphs. So Monday, Kevin alluded to me being having pretty a lot of stress on me at work, and I do. I have a position in leadership that is challenges me every day. It's, I want it. I love it. It it, um, it is like my lifeblood to to try to to lead in in my subject uh, area. But um, I had to go and brief Congress this week, which is something that was so big for me, and I was so scared. And adding that on top of the running. And having the stress from that, and I, I honestly thought I was going to have a breakdown. 
last Sunday after we finished our Travis after we finished our last hike um, Kevin and I were talking and, and I think Kevin you asked me about something in the house and I just basically said I can't do another thing I just I can't do another task figure it out I forget I forget what I said but I was so worried about what was gonna happen Monday that mentally I felt like I just I couldn't go that extra mile so what part of the workouts was the hardest I think that um, first do you of all break down what you guys did yeah first of all the part of the workout that was the hardest was getting through Monday which wasn't a workout at all it was getting through that stress at work um, because that was building up so much that I felt like my whole body was locked up I couldn't sleep I couldn't eat very well it was really hard um, and and Monday for all that rest we talked about last week that was my rest day so it wasn't too much of a rest day mentally because I didn't have I wasn't able to truly recover but got through that Tuesday we did was our first difficult day and we did strides again strides again were you uh, run for 25 minutes in a warm-up conversational slash argumentative pacing <laughs> for me and Travis and then you break into six rounds of 30 second strides speeding up to your 5k pace followed by a minute 30 seconds of conversational pace so you do that six times we did it on the canal um, we worry about those workouts I think before we do them because we're not sure how we're gonna perform Travis I think you dread the run out yeah it, ta it, it just takes me a while to get loose and it's like you can start out of the gate just flying it, it takes me a while to to get moving and you and and, and this week unlike last week you were faster I yeah. think you felt more comfortable and this week I wanted to get around a 10 minute pace mm -hmm. for the whole workout and I think <laughs> I got 9.06 pace you did you got a 9.6 pace which was super exciting so you're getting faster you're getting more comfortable we broke out into the strides the strides the strides felt good um the the only thing is I, I, I love running in the dark because I can't see what's ahead of me and I'm very comfortable running in the dark but sometimes you get the willies and I got freaked out on the canal we ran later than usual it was around 7 p.m. at night and I saw every eyeball out there of everything every every wildlife critter that was out there and with my headlamp and they were just deer kind of sitting by the side yeah. of the canal but I was afraid that if deer are dumb enough to, to run into cars they're dumb enough to run into runners too and so when we broke out I didn't want to separate so we talked about last week about you and I separating on our runs and we that's one day that we do it right still separated from you but then ran right back to right. me I was like if they're gonna hit anybody they're gonna hit Travis first <laughs> and so that so so that was Tuesday we had a good and and when we finished both of us felt like we had gained skill from the last week right yes how did you feel at the end um, of that I felt like I could I had some more left in the tank that I could have continued to do more if I had to. Yeah. So whereas last week, I think we were, I, excuse me, I don't think you were. I think I was beaten down and I felt like I didn't have anything left in the tank. I feel like we had, there are two different types of grit. There's a positive and there's a negative grit. Last week was, 
I just had a bad attitude and I was going to get through it no matter what. And I did. And I felt good for getting through it, but I still had that bad attitude that I couldn't shake. And a lot of that was the stress of knowing that I was going to brief Congress on Monday and, and being very scared about that. This week, I got through Monday. We did Tuesday. I finished that run on Tuesday feeling like a rock star, just a champ. And I was proud of you. You hit your time goals. I hit my time goals. But it still took grit because when we started that night, it was later than usual and it was cold and we didn't feel like doing it. But we mm -hmm. had positivity behind us, which made the difference. How cold was it? Was it in the 30, low 30s, I think? Yes, it was. We get super hot, yeah. though, when we're running strides, remember, though. Cause yeah, I remember taking my jacket off <laughs> yeah. and winding up carrying it. Yeah, and I remember having my giant obnoxious, I have these mittens that are, <laughs> they look like lobster claws or, um, or, or boxing gloves. So I have a problem with my circulation in my fingers. I'm sure some runners can relate to this. Gloves just don't work for me. I use hand warmers, my fingertips get cold, they never warm up, so I have to use uh, mittens. And these mittens that I have are fleece, they have fleece on the outside and the inside and they're obnoxious. I ended up taking them off and just running without and that, it, it felt really good. So it was cold. And so that was that was the, the first pillar of, of our tough week. Um, Wednesday night we did the hash run, hash run. super fun. We, we, we ran in Martinsburg um, on some trails. Describe that. So that was, uh, uh, so hash running for anybody who's not familiar. Travis, you describe it. Yeah, you describe it. I've only done it three times. <laughs> you can describe hash running. Um, no, just describe that particular run. Um, it was, it was rainy. We, we got into some trails in Martinsburg that I didn't know existed and I, I've lived there my whole life. It, I don't, I don't know how to describe it. <laughs> it's uh it was a so so hash running you can do it urban when, when you're really just in a city environment and you're what you're doing is you're following hash marks the trail is live uh, laid live by a hare and hounds the runners um, will will try to catch the hare so the hare goes out 20 minutes or so before the runners and they mark of course they mark it with flour with chalk and and you can have uh, false trails where they send you down one way and it goes the other way and it, excuse me and it's and it's false and you have to run back on yourself you can have back checks and it's super fun it makes you feel like you're a kid again uh, it actually it's a group that meets every Wednesday wild wonderful Wednesday hash house harriers and we 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 run all around the panhandle but you can have urban trail where you're strictly on on city streets or you can have um you know urban and actual trail and we call it shiggy where you go back into the woods and it's not on a trail in the woods it's in the woods where you might be running on a pathway that's laid through oh thorns pricker bushes uh, uh stinging nettles um you'll be running up the side of a hill or a mountain it's 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 pretty intense so this week's trail, we did a healthy mix of both. We were in the woods a lot. Yes. Um, running past, like through factories, um, up up some gnarly hills with junkyards. We ran past the quarry. <laughs> it was really an awesome, there's some really, one of my favorite places to run is Martinsburg. There are some really great places to run in the city because there's it's so big. Number two, there are a lot of trails, really cool trails to run around Martinsburg because it's so big. Did it rain the whole time? 
Oh, it did start <laughs> raining, remember? Yeah, That's another I, gritty piece. I think it rains every hash run that I do. <laughs> I, it, we, we let a hash run a couple of weeks ago where it rained. Yeah, it actually started raining. Kevin got smacked in the face by a branch. Thank uh, you, Tom. Yeah, yeah, thank you, thank you. We're not going to say Tom's real name. <laughs> we call him F.U. Tom. And uh, Kevin had this really awesome, like, Ragnar-esque scar that went over, or, or, or bloody uh, um, cut that went over his eyebrow. Um, but, yeah, just running through some crazy stuff. And it was... And it was raining and it's cold, but you're out there with your friends and you're trying to read the marks in the rain, walking through swamplands. Yeah, it was, it was pretty rough. Was. I heard Kevin say, thank you, dude. <laughs> <laughs> when that stick hit me in the yes. face. Yes. <laughs> stick hit him in the face. Well, I, um, my participation in the Hass runs is basically for really good training because it's a lot of start and stopping and that's how I used to do my longer runs was start and stopping so I really relate to the to the pace of the hash running and at one point we're going through the bushes and there was no trail it was basically bushwhacking for 30 meters and Tom was kind of moving past a branch and it, it broke and the, the still attached part of the branch smashed me above the eyebrow could have been my eyeball and that would have changed my entire my entire week but the uh, luckily it was just my eyebrow and the cut was not as huge or as dramatic as jenny said it was it's <laughs> the a, blood was dripping down his eye it was so cool a dot oh <laughs> it's, it's okay it yeah. happened to be in the same pattern that we paint our faces when we go to ragnar so sometimes we'll put warrior makeup on kevin had a nature's warrior makeup on so on wednesday that was basically recovery day yeah, because your training. yeah, because hashing is is like Kevin said, it's a lot of start and stop. So what happens is you'll get to an intersection and they have what's called checks and it's a circle and it can go 360 or they say 365, 69 degrees um, and, and hash go where you can literally go any direction. And so the group stops and then people run off in either direction and they look for hash marks on where the trail is going to continue. So there's a lot of stopping. It's a great it's. You can go fast in a hash run or you can go slow and stay with the group. So it's it's a nice form of not running too terribly hard and just having fun with your friends. It's it's I feel like a kid. I absolutely love it. So then uh, Thursday, what happened? You you talk about Thursday. Thursday was the was Hills. Yeah, Hill repeats. Um it, it was we did ten reps, three minutes, three minutes a rep. It was cold, it was wind, really windy. And about the six, How windy? Um, was it 23-mile-an-hour wind? Was it, it, when you looked it up? Mm -hmm. Direct, when we were coming up the hill, the mm -hmm. winds were coming in the worst direction possible. It was so mm -hmm. bad. It was so bad. Yeah. How many miles was that run? Mine turned out to be, uh, I want to say, eight and a half. And mine was around uh, 10, 11 yeah, I think, I think you hit I think, 11. I think 11. So this is another run. So Tuesdays and Thursdays, Travis and I don't run. We run together, but we don't run together when we're in the workout because our pacing is different. And because it's intended to be a speed workout, we break off into our own pacing. I, I just, I can't do win. I know some people will listen to this podcast and say, well, that ain't nothing. I've been on a run where we've had way worse wins. I've run in a hurricane. I'm sure there'll be somebody... Somebody actually who did Ragnar a couple weeks ago or a couple years ago in DC, they had a horrendous, horrendous storm. I think it was a hurricane. Yeah, it was a hurricane. And, and and so, but yeah, I get it. 
I don't do well in in wind. It's I can do anything but wind. And it was so bad. Mentally, I knew it was going to be bad. I had to work a full day uh, in the office, which meant that I had to commute home. So we didn't actually get started until almost 7.30 at night. It's dark. It's We knew we were going to start. And it was so biting cold because it was... 12 or 15 degrees yeah. real feel outside it was like 30 degrees but it just the cold went right through you and as we're running out travis and i did not talk <laughs> at all mm. we were just out there to soldier through but yet that was another day where i felt like i didn't want to do it but the attitude was different from last week i did whatever I could just to just to survive that workout because I wanted to stop so badly. And I kept wondering, at what point am I going to see Travis walking? Because if you walk, I have permission to walk on the hills. And I never did. No, because I was thinking the same way. I was waiting for you to start walking. <laughs> yeah. it, it, it was amazing because once we started... In the first first couple of rounds going up that hill, first of all, three minutes, I thought, well, three minutes, then we can kind of settle back into an easier pace. And, you know, we were running on the jail trail on the Martinsburg side, and we have one hill that's coming up from that memorial area. It is legit. We could probably do four miles up that, or four, four minutes four up minutes. that hill. Um, four minutes, and we wouldn't, it was, we would still be running up the hill. Yeah. So three minutes going up a hill, you're going up the hill the whole time. And, and I realized as I was in those three minutes, there's no way to throttle back. This is just going to suck the whole time. And every time, you know, I'd go up there, I'd look at my watch and I'd be like, okay, I'm about two minutes in. Can I do another minute? And at the spot where I had another minute to go was a particularly windy spot. And then in the second half of the workout, the wind got exponentially worse. It was so bad, I felt like I was not even moving forward. I felt like I was just barely tiptoeing forward, and I thought, well, if I just stop now, it's going to be the same as if I'm walking. But then I saw you, and you were running, and I was like, I can't walk. I can't. We, we are here for a reason. We're here to do the work. Let's just soldier through. You know, that, I don't think we said 15 words to each other that whole that whole deal. That, that, that the, whole workout. The entire workout, meaning that all of those miles, we finished. Even, even on the cool down walk, we didn't have much to say. It, it was like, so all I can do to describe it is to paint the picture when we finish. So when we finish, we don't finish at the top of the last hill. We finish at the bottom of the last hill. So you, we, we ran back three minutes. So you run three minutes up, three minutes back. And we did that. We repeated that um, eight times. You get to the bottom of the hill, and we both kind of just stopped. Like, I, I was coughing a little bit because my asthma was getting to me. And and I can't just go from, from 60 to zero. I can't just stop. And I kind of looked, looked at you, and we were just both out of breath, just, like, staring at each other going, <laughs> we didn't even say a word. We were just like, okay, let's just keep, keep running and do our cool down and finish this as soon as possible so we can get back and get in the heat. And that... It was kind of magical in that way because it wasn't Travis. I wouldn't say it was a negative thing that we didn't talk. I no. think it was just us going. We know we're here to do the work. We don't need to say anything. Just get it done. Just get it done. Get on with the day. So 
So we finished and I think, so we had our cool down walk after we finished. So we finished all the miles. And then what we do is we'll just reset our watches and then we walk for a mile just to kind of get it out. That walk was hella windy too. And it wasn't until the end of the cool down walk that I finally spoke. And I think I said, my, my legs are dying, but I feel like a warrior inside. And we, it was such a celebration at that moment. It wasn't negative. It was, was like we did more that. like a scream. It wasn't a, a talk. <laughs> it was like, yeah, we just did that. And we had every excuse to quit. And um, I wrote a post about it on Facebook about praying when I run. And uh, and it, absolutely, I pray all the time. I just, uh, just please make this better for me. Um, but we, but that was. When I realized when we finished, and then we looked at our stats from what the week the weeks before was, because we do this whole workout every week, and then there's usually a, either a minute added to it or more reps, and then we realized that we were stronger despite the wind. Yes. Then you then you see for yourself, okay, this work we're seeing progress. So we right now in our training and our training plan, we are at the point where we're starting to see progress. We're starting to see that we're getting better. And so we, you know, talked about nutrition a little bit this week that, that Travis is, is feeling like, I feel like I, I'm hungry all the time. I need more nutrition. It's because we have more of an output now. We're really working out there. Yes, yes, definitely. <laughs> I know I'm working harder now than I have in years. What, why? What, what is, because you had a coach last year. Yeah. So what's the difference? Just the miles, the amount of days that I'm working out now. But you're still taking your rest? Yeah, yeah. How'd you do on rest this week? I did good. Monday I walked, Friday I walked, and the rest of the days I ran. I asked you two podcasts ago, <clears throat> how has training with Jenny changed? And what I was alluding to was, have you been, in the years before, were you sandbagging? Get um, to the runs that you wanted to get to versus I think I could have did more in years past but running with Jenny I mean she she's an inspiring person and and it's like I'm not going to let her down by not showing up for a workout I mean we kind of made this deal together and and it's accountability and then if you had gone for a run on a day you did eight with Jenny you might have done seven on your own yeah and Thursday night wouldn't have happened. I probably was. It's windy out. You know, I ain't dealing with this tonight. I'll, I'll catch it tomorrow. Yeah, that makes sense. All right, so Friday. What did you guys do for Friday? Oh, yeah, we had, so I did the Bros and Bros run, which was really great because, so every Friday morning, we meet at Black Dog Coffee at 7 a.m. And it's it used to be another member's run um, who's just kind of transitioned to doing other things right now, and they're running kind of by themselves. I've kind of taken it over as my run. And my two best girlfriends, oh, Janice and Fiona, we have been apart for several weeks because of our travel schedules and, and we got together. So we had a conversational pace, a five mile run, although Janice and I were joking that it felt like argumentative pacing because my legs were so spent. Thursday night when we stopped, 
and I was standing still. I actually had that thing where my legs were wobbly and it, I, that doesn't happen to me very often. And so Friday, I did a five mile run in the morning and then Travis, you went to work your yeah. usual super early schedule. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he leaves for work at like 4.15? I leave about 4.30. Yeah, very, very early. And then uh, what did we do in the afternoon? We went to yoga. Well, we did a walk to yoga, mm -hmm. done yoga. Yep. And yoga is sometimes I just lay there and, and laugh to myself like, I can't, I can't do that. <laughs> you know what? You should talk about that. Talk about yoga because yoga is a new thing for you. It is, and it's very hard for me. In what way? Just um, stretch. I'm, I'm not flexible at all. Uh -huh. It's awful. And just seeing some of the positions, I'm like, I can't do that. Yeah. I don't know what the one was called that I couldn't do. I don't even know. There's some difficult ones. But you made a good comment, in, and I don't mean to call you out, but you made a really good comment uh, after class that really resonated with me. And you said, you know, some people worry a lot about going to an exercise class and if they can do the right mm -hmm. things. And you said, I don't because I'm able to laugh at myself, and yeah. at least I'm here. Yeah. And that I thought was so precious because – that is how I felt when I first started going to group exercise classes. Like, I don't know what I'm doing, but if somebody teaches me what to do, then I think I'm okay. And we talked about wanting to help inspire other people to feel that same way. Like, I'm talking about grit today because I want other people to know it's not easy. I think a lot of runners, all you see is their post, and I did this today, and look at that. It looks like it's easy. Maybe it is. Maybe it is for other people. It's not easy for us. And, and, and that's not to say that we're special and we're, we're suffering for the greater good. But I want other people to know out there, it's okay to feel like maybe this is coming hard for you or maybe you don't, maybe you don't feel like showing up for class tonight because you just don't want to be that person that can't get into those positions in, in a yoga class. Or you maybe don't feel like showing up for the run because you're afraid that you have to tell everybody I'll not be able to keep up with you. God, I've been there. I've been there. I'm there a lot. Um, and it doesn't matter what pace you're running. I think a lot of people feel this way. I just wish, I just wish more people talked about it. So yeah. getting, get, well, yeah. With the, the good, all you see is the race results. You don't see the work and effort that they put in to get those race results. And I mean. even sometimes on Strava, so we are in the Two Rivers Treads Challenge right now on Strava, and um, it goes from January 6th, I believe, till March 31st. And it's if you do a certain number of miles, you get uh, gift, gift certificates to Two Rivers Treads, our favorite store. <laughs> <laughs> we, love, we buy a lot of stuff from there. And, um, and so what it is, is it's a Strava challenge. So everybody who's enrolled in it, you get to see what their stats are. I've been on Strava for a number of years, but have hidden all of my things because I can't handle the pressure of being visible. I don't want people to see my pacing because then I feel like I'll run too fast or too slow. And, and everybody's self-conscious about this and nobody's looking at other people. Nobody cares, but Maybe I do. I look at other people. And so you look at this challenge and all you see are people's accomplishments. And what this has done, this challenge for me has, has given me is more insight into how much people are training and how much people are out there. I just think that I, I need a dose of realness 
in my life to know how hard this is sometimes because I feel like if I don't have that dose of realness, I start comparing myself to people and comparison is the thief of joy. Um, and then I start going like, what happened to me on Monday when I was listening to those pod, my regular running podcast, what's wrong with me that we had an entire podcast episode where I talked about how damn tired I was and how much rest I needed when I had done 70 miles that week, when I'm listening to people doing hundreds of miles, what is wrong with me? Maybe I'm not cut out to be a runner. Who's doing hundreds of miles? Oh, oh, just ultra call them, call them out right now. Um, I listen to microphone. Uh, just um, um, uh, Trailer Runner Nation. So these people, are na they're on like national level podcasts. So, so, some of them are local. Some of them, we, we have friends that run 100 milers. We have friends that run 50 milers. We have friends that pick up and run 50Ks on, on a weekend. And I know they go through the same things that we do, but they don't, people don't like to air their laundry. People don't want to talk about how tough things are all the time. And some people are just like, suck it up. We don't need to talk about it. And I respect that. But for me, I need to see inside someone's soul as a runner because it took me so long to accept myself as a runner because of that comparison, because I looked at every single, if people would get up off the couch and run a half marathon in my eyes, like literally go from zero to running a half marathon. And it took me how many years to run my first half at Harper's Ferry half? It took me that long. And, and, and a part of it was, I just didn't, I was like, I'm just not going to be one of those people. I. I think it's because all you see in social media is the awesome posts of, oh, look what I did. I'm great. Be because it's hard for us to be vulnerable. It's hard for us to show our scars. I I heard a really great podcast. So Dr. Mark uh, Kukazelis, uh, the, the Two Rivers Treads uh, podcast uh, two episodes ago had a woman on talking about uh, diabetes and running with diabetes. And she, I, I'm, I'm going to butcher the comment that she made, but she's so perfectly she said what I love about the ultra running community is that everybody's out there because and she said I don't want this to sound wrong but somebody's got a hang-up somebody's got something wrong with them somebody somebody's got some baggage and she said it's almost like you show up and say hey what are you here for I'm here for this um, the reason that I run ultra and what I do with my distance and the reason I run period is to work out all those cobwebs because I got a lot of scars from my, everybody does. Every human being who has lived life has a lot of scars. I have a lot of baggage. I have a lot of dirty parts of me that people don't see. And, and it helps me, it helps me work through that. I need to see that grit in other runners because I respect that. The reason that I was so drawn to Travis when we met a couple years ago is because I saw his broken pieces. I saw, the pieces that he had struck his struggle and what he came back from. And you said when we were running those hills that, that, you know, you respect me. It's the same way I feel about you because when I watch him continuing to move and grit, I know I can keep going because he can keep going. So I, appreciate yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't mean yeah. to go off on a tangent, Gosh. but, 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 it, but it's what I'm feeling. And I, I think I think a lot of us feel that there's just a whole lot of what you see on social media and not a lot behind what how 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 hard it's how work. hard it is. I mean, it's a it's a lifestyle. It is. I mean, you just don't wake up and go run fifty mile races. 
There's got to be something out. a little off in you yeah. to, to well, you do got, this. You got to run thousands of miles just to run that 150-mile race. And, and I think that getting to the point where you realize that, hey, I'm going to take this on, you, you have to know that you're going to take on some pretty gnarly days. And what I think we're learning, Travis, is alone, I think, there are days that we could have made excuses and, and where I didn't have direction because I didn't have a plan to follow. And I just say, well, this seems like a good amount to run today. But now that we're together, we know that we can soldier through the gnarly days together. And if it's in silence, it's in silence. I think that we've, you're a quiet person, shocker for everybody <laughs> on the podcast, but actually I think that it's, 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 it works out really well because I feel like I've gotten to a point where we know we're going to go through some tough things together. A very similar magic, Kevin, I think you've seen happens at Ragnar. It's just in a concentrated period of time. Ragnar Relays can be super awesome and easy. They can also be the hardest thing that you went through. The very first Ragnar that I ever ran, it was my very first big race. My first leg out was in a torrential thunderstorm. And it was so, it was a Ragnado and they stopped the race. Um, but runners who were out, you have a choice. They tell you when you're out on course, you can either double back or you can keep going around on the course. Um, I was, there was no way in hell I was gonna quit because it was my first big race. And, um, and, and you, we went through that and finished that. Kevin actually met me out on course because he was worried about me. You didn't need me there. You were fine. I didn't need him there. I was fine. <laughs> but in that, and, and then at that night, so that was my first leg. My second leg, I came in for my night leg and didn't change in time, learned a big lesson. I got hypothermia for the first time. I got delirious. Laura Bergman actually helped bring me back, but it took almost all night to bring me back. Um, when you go through that with a group of people where you have horrendous weather conditions, you have mud, um, there were there was a woman on course at the night leg, the night loop crying saying, I can't do this because it was so the weather was so bad. There's something that happens that bonds you together. And it's a magic that I think all bros and bras feel once they do a Ragnar together, because the majority of the ones we've done have been in horrendous weather. And and Runners experience this camaraderie together. I think runners resonate with each other so much in their personalities because number one, when you're in the ultra community, there's something's going on in your head that makes you do that. But number two, there's a shared suffering that brings you closer together. I guess that's my point of all that. And, and Travis, you and I are starting to experience shared suffering on a weekly basis where I think we're getting to the point where no words need to be said. Oh, we pretty much know what each other's thinking out there and we know we're going to get it done yeah, yeah it's, and, it's the only option really and and so today significantly um i officially registered for the jfk 50 registration that's great registration open at midnight and even though travis and i have been unofficially training for it since uh december 21st and for all of our other races this 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 year we actually have our first 50k next week at seneca creek uh, Greenway, um, it. I was nervous that it wouldn't seem real until I actually registered. And today, when I registered, I felt that sense of excitement because there's a purpose in what we're doing. And we said in the first podcast that we're not just doing this because we're not doing this just to run a 50k. 
there's a bigger vision that he and I have and the reason that we came together in it goes along with the story of his recovery and and my experience with um, a person addicted. And so when I talk about grit today, I hope that in the smallest way, any way possible that it can help inspire others to know that this isn't easy for us. We know it's not easy for you. We know in the winter it's hard to get out. We know it's hard to get out in the rain and the cold and the wind. And, and we, part of what Travis and I aim to do every week is if we can inspire just someone to get out there knowing that this is not natural to us in any way and that we're, we can do it, we hope that others might join us and say, yeah, maybe I'll come out. Maybe, maybe I won't feel so nervous about going out for that run. Maybe, maybe, maybe next time I go out with the bros and bras, I won't say, oh, well, I'm going to be slower than everybody else, or I can't run with you because I can't pace with you, or do you think there will be any walkers? We want those people to feel welcome. Yes, definitely. That was a whole lot to say, but that I, I really felt compelled to get that message out this week because I struggled with it heavily this week. It was a positive week, but God, comparison is the thief of all joy. How about Saturday? We, uh, we had a splendid race. The last or run, last, last, Travis, last week. Talk about last week, Saturday. Last week, Saturday? <laughs> yeah. The mud run? Yeah, the mud run. That's what uh, we're talking about. We are. We'll get yeah, to it. I don't, I don't even want to recall that day. <laughs> 20, 20 miles of mud and slipping. And, and, of course, and, of course, I fell. So we decided to, we had two choices this weekend. We were going to go to Davis, West Virginia, and we were going to check out the Highland Sky Trail. We were going to do part of the trail. Or we were going to go to Seneca Creek and preview what we were going to run next week. And we'd never run at Seneca at all. So we checked the weather and we (laughs) looked at Davis. And we've heard from, neither of us have run there. We've heard that it is like running in Colorado and it's gorgeous and we were so excited to go. And then we looked at the weather and it said that it would be about one degree with the wind chill and it was super cold and it was a couple of hours away. And, and, and so we said, you know what? let's save this for a day that we can actually go and enjoy it and spend some time out there and make a day trip of it. And considering Seneca is next week, let's go ahead and go out and check out Seneca. And let me tell you, what a difference between this week and last week. First of all, if it were to rain, and we know from our from our good friends in Bros and Bras who ran the 50K last year, it is a mofo of a course when it rains. They had multiple creek crossings where they were very high up in water on their legs. and um, But this trail that we experienced yesterday was dry. It was not rocky. No. It was, yeah. and, and we... It was tra- a pretty course. It was, wasn't it? Yeah, Describe it, it when we got there. Well, well first thing, we, we parked in front of this big, beautiful lake. Yes, and it was so picturesque. And yeah, remember, what was the name of the lake? I have no idea. I, you know what? I don't know. So Seneca Creek, I guess, feeds into it, and it was there was a sign. I'm so sorry, guys. Everybody's probably screaming. They know what this is. But... Um, it's just where we were in the parking area, and it's really close to where we started. And was there a canoe, a canoe shop there? I no. didn't see mm-hmm. one. Boathouse. Mm-hmm. No. There was a parking lot, and like straight ahead was, was the lake, maybe fifty feet away from yeah. the parking lot. 
And it's part of what we're going to, I believe we're going to run around that in the course next week. We saw on this course, so there are times, clearly I'm an emotional person. (laughs) I pray a lot when I run. I get very thankful for being alive when I run. And there are just some moments where I just tear up. We went through sections of this where it was pine forest, similar to the yellow loop at Ragnar in Appalachians. (laughs) And we were running and I stopped and I was like, Travis, look up. And the trees were so beautiful. Big. Really? You took a picture? Yes, yes. We stopped at a uh, abandoned mill. That was cool. Really cool. Took pictures there. Um, and the course was naturally rolling, not too rocky, a little bit rooty, but let's talk about grit. Oh, <laughs> you talk. Jenny had another fall on course. I never it looked like she, she slid into home base. Fourth, fourth base because I don't understand. Cause I said in the first podcast, I'm terrible at sports. Yeah, she called it fourth base. <laughs> <laughs> um, Travis saw it this time. Um, Both of them. Yeah, I've, I I took some pretty nasty spills. I again, I'm not lying when I say I never fall on course. What happened is in this course, um, we were trying to follow the race course, and there are a number of um, splits of different trails that you can take at Seneca Creek, and so we had to get to just the starting spot of the course. And so I had my phone out, I had it on Strava, and I was looking at where it starts. I should have just loaded a GPX file into my watch and done turn by turn but we got to the starting point well we were running to the starting point and i'm looking at my phone and i guess my i don't know what you hit all that scene was you going head first in the fourth base <laughs> <laughs> I, I literally slid on my chest arms out in front of me travis said it looked like i was doing cobra from yoga and <laughs> And I unfortunately, um, so I was, my legs were fine, thank God, but I unfortunately did something to my shoulder. It, it, it's an old CrossFit injury that I have in the front of my shoulder. It's, I can't really lift my arm today, and I think it's just inflamed. So we'll see how it is. Um, so that happened in the first half, five, five minutes. Five minutes. And then we went on to run 22 miles. <laughs> Well, you had another fall in between. I did. So, okay. So we want to talk about lessons learned. We always, we always kind of end the podcast with that. Lessons learned is don't trust creek crossing, um, like little bridges. Homemade bridges. Homemade bridges. There was a homemade bridge and a creek crossing and, um, and it was a, it was a tiny creek crossing. Like I could have probably leaped over it and I stepped onto the little bridge thing and on a flat part that looked like it would be stable. Travis builds is is a steel worker and he has been in the microphone he has been in the steel working industry for 20 years years. he's built bridges so he knows even in crude (laughs) man-made bridges what doesn't work yeah i looked at it before i would (laughs) i always look at stuff like that you know how do i want to step on it i so i stepped on a flat part that i thought was good and um and that was I went down hard. I've got it. We'll, we'll share in the in our pictures, but I got a pretty gnarly uh, contusion on my on my shin, and it goes all the way up to my both of my knees, and it's just nasty. <laughs> so, fell on course twice, but you know, I, no worse for wear. The bruises actually don't hurt. It's my shoulder that hurts. But so the, so the trail itself, 
why don't you Beautiful. describe the running um, like it was up and down a lot of in it like going around turns yeah um it, it was all it was runnable not like we have been in previous weeks which sometimes that catches up to me too because my volume of running is not where it needs to be right now but it's getting better but it, it was just an all-around beautiful course all the creek crossings lots of creek crossings a lot of how many do you think there were i would say at least just a 22 mile well 10 miles and we yeah. turn around and come back we probably had a good seven just in those 10 miles yeah right. that's with low water Yes, low, low water. Low water, so we had no problems crossing the creek, and we were looking at the weather this week, and um, and it doesn't look like we're going to have a ton of rain. Jack Hooper, we ran into him at breakfast this morning, and he was telling me that we had just had weeks and weeks of, yeah. of rain before the race last year, and, and I think I think in some areas it was up to their thighs when they were crossing creeks um, with the water, and it was a horrendous muddy mess, and he said it was also raining when they were out there, so they were just miserable. This weekend, weather's supposed to be great. Good thing about this race this weekend is it's an ultra and it only costs $35. That is a nice thing to not have a super expensive ultra. You don't get a medal. You don't get a t-shirt. You apparently get a sticker for your or magnet for your car. Okay. That's great. But we, Travis and I can treat it as a training run and not spend a ton of money going out there. Um, so Travis, I want to talk really briefly about you saying your training, your running volume. So what, what do you mean by that? Running, running a long ways without walk breaks. On a long run? Because yeah, in previous years, GFK, I was doing the run-walk method. Okay. Now I'm trying to get to where I want to run the whole GFK. So that's your goal? Yeah. I don't know if I can. <laughs> yeah, I, I, it's I the canal you, that I'm, I'm not worried about ET. I'm worried about the canal. I think you could, you could do it today if you had to. We'll see. But I figure out the 22 miles I probably ran... 19 of them mm -hmm. yeah and what so the difference between this week first of all in my opinion i think that we had the strongest run together that we've had other than the time test on the appalachian trail that we did a couple weeks ago that was a 13 mile run we ran the, pretty much the whole time we meet our time we met our time goal uh, yesterday was our strongest run because i think we met in the middle yeah you doubt it back in uh we compromised forward a little bit when we were running i aimed to keep our pacing between a 10 and an 11 and usually we were around the 10 30 or so mark our miles our actual miles when all was said and done were longer miles because we we walked so we were we were working on 50k strat 50k strategy knowing that i was running on tired legs we were both running on tired legs from thursday as we felt anything in our legs, any bit of strain, any bit of burn, I would just start to walk and we would speed walk and then we would, we would pick it up and run. And most of this course was runnable. And so when we ran, we kind of ran with a very comfortable, easy trot. And every time, what was nice is that we compromised on everything. I dialed it back a little bit. You were dialing it up a little bit. And we stayed within a visual um, proximity the whole time. So every time that I would glance at you, you were running. When, when I was running, you were running. When I would stop to walk, you'd stick, talk, stop to take the same walk break. Um, and so by the end of the 22 miles, the result, for, for me personally, because of my fueling, it's really because of my fueling and, and, the, and the pacing strategy, I felt like I could keep going. So I felt very confident for next week. 
Um, last week I struggled at the end of the race, uh, at the end of the run. I felt like I was bonking. Talk a little bit about what happened to you at the end of yesterday. Um, I guess around mile 18, I just, my, my nutrition is not dialed in where it needs to be at this point. What does that mean? It just means I think I'm running out of calories because mm -hmm. I'm, I'm taking 250 calories an hour. And about 45 minutes to, into each hour, I'm just starving. So you talked to your coach? Yes. What'd your coach say? Eat more. Like <laughs> now, what? What, um, what do you think? What, what, what does he recommend you eat? Because we worry about eating because then you get sick. Yeah, he was saying eat before I run, eat like whole foods. Like what? Um, The chicken, the rice. Mm -hmm. Peanut butter jelly sandwiches. Peanut, peanut butter jelly sandwiches. Yeah. So we're going to try that. We're going to work on yeah. that. And both Travis and I have decided, so what we do for fueling, and we're playing with it because fueling could break me for JFK um, because in shorter distances, I have been broken before. I've not been able to break past a certain distance because my fueling is off and I still have so much to learn about this whole game. I, I know what it's like to run a half. I don't know what it's like to run ultras. Very, I've only run two 250Ks, so it's, it's, it's learning a lot. But um, what, one of the things we figured out, both of us fuel with spring nutrition um, or, or uh, spring energy, which is kind of like a little bit of like an applesauce baby food type of consistency. <laughs> um, and it's offered in, in, with caffeine or without caffeine. We usually do one packet per hour but both Travis and I have come together recently saying we think we need to fuel a little bit more frequently, maybe every 45 minutes. We are, um, we're not fat burners. So we, mm. yeah, we, I'm also don't, I wouldn't really consider myself a sugar burner either because I don't have the highs and lows of, I just need that sustained nutrition to kind of keep me going. Um, and I need more fueling than I, I I've tried doing the fat burner approach. I, I run fasted, but when I'm doing a long run and it, most of my runs during the week, I don't have any nutrition, but, um, in my long runs, I, I need more fuel. And Sarah Hodder taught me a lot about that because she was kind of in the same boat. And she said, it made such a difference when I just had more fueling more frequently. And I'm just one of those people. And I realized that I am too. And it, and it worked for a long time. I felt a lot of pressure to be a fat burner and, and what's wrong with me yeah. and why can't I just, yeah, me too. <laughs> And, 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 and it was hard. My body adapted somewhat, but, but for the longer distances, I struggled. When I was doing it, I, I couldn't run more than 15 miles without the carbs. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, it's, it's, I'd love to kind of bend Dr. Ears, Dr. Mark's ear, <laughs> Dr. Mark's ear about that. And, and that sometimes the, the fat burner approach doesn't necessarily work for everybody. And is there a reason for that? Because we do so much during the week that I always struggle to get enough nutrition. I feel like I eat constantly and sometimes it's just not enough. And sometimes it's not the right type of nutrition. So we're trying to figure that out too. Again, cause nutrition can make or break us. The topic is grit. Yeah. And, and so I think grit, if you have the proper nutrition, it can help you, it, it can help you maintain. That's true. Yeah. So, so Saturday, you know, if you talk about the three pillars of our growth and what's really feeding into our grit, 
And that's that speed, hills, endurance. endurance. This week's endurance run was so pleasant. It was a lovely trail. I think of most long runs as we're going to end and feel exhausted like last week. Even though you struggled in those last couple of miles, we finished this and felt great. I think, it, and I think that it, it's again, you can have grit with a positive mindset or you can have grit with a negative mindset. And last week was, for me, was negative. I think you always stay even keel and you have yeah. to, and you're victim of my, um, you, you fall victim to my, uh, to my moods <laughs> and stress from work. True. I mean, you do, Kevin. I'm not sure what questions to ask. So, Sunday, today, what did you guys do? Oh, we get you in a Um, We went, we were supposed to do, find a hill that is a mile, mile long hike up and do it twice. I'm not for sure what the hill was we did, but it was a big one. Yeah, we went out. It was a power line someplace. Okay, so what was the place called that we went to? What was the place Blue, called that we Blue Ridge. Was it? Blue Ridge something? Out over by Harper's Ferry? Yeah, over by Harper's Ferry. We Is it one mile climb out there? Oh, the power line. Yeah, goes, yeah, yeah, it goes up to the Appalachian miles. Trail. Yeah. Yeah. So Scooter, oh, so a couple of our friends from Bros and Bras know about this. Uh, we found out that a couple of our friends run here regularly. And we, one of our friends, Amber, who is um, on our Ragnar Richmond Ultra team, so a Ragnar Ultra has four teammates on it, um, decided to, to suggest we go do hill repeats at this one place because this hill is a monster hill. And so Travis and I, on Sunday, the plan only calls for hiking hill repeats. So we said, we'll come out. We're just going to hike it. Mm -hmm. And so uh, Travis, Amber, and myself, we are missing one teammate, Becca. She had to work today. But we had a Ragnar team uh, meetup, and we hiked. We did a 10K. And there are so many trails back there. I had no idea it was. I know. It's going to be a great place to go and run and there is one section of the trail where you can you can walk it's it's a pretty steep climb it's only about a half mile climb but it takes a while it's pretty steep yeah so we went and it it connects up with the um with the at which we were figuring was probably louder nights that's what i was guessing yeah Yeah, i I have not run that part of the hill yeah looking at the maps right now we'll show it to you it's really cool and it's and it's perfect for us because although it wasn't a mile up it looks we, like you did it a few times. We d- we did it twice. We went up. So what we're supposed to do is go up, down, up, down. So it's just a two-time repeat. It was good. And it actually stretched out our calves yeah, <laughs> from yesterday. Yeah. It felt good. So Amber is on our Ragnar team, and she is somebody who has an extraordinary ability to run hills. Um, you meet runners every once in a while that just have this amazing superpower. Her superpower is hills, and she runs hills the way that um, an elite runner will run on pavement on flat. She's got that full kick up with her back feet, and she's and she she can run and push really really hard. So it was really fun because we were about halfway up this hill and she just started running and, and she ran all the way up it. And I was like, I'll walk the dogs. You can run. Yeah. And she brought her, <laughs> and she brought her two dogs out. It was super fun. And so it's really neat to get together with our teammates and see every runner that you run with has a different strength. 
and I just love running with Amber. Did you take a wrong turn on that? A wrong turn on that? No. Nope. What's that hook right there? I think I'm. I'm not sure what that is. So we went down on trail. So we we meandered on a couple of trails. I like seeing meandered on the podcast. We meandered on a couple of trails before we figured out where it was. Cause, uh, so Amber had only been out here with a couple other people and uh, before, and she was by herself, so she, she was just trying to remember how to get to that hill. Yeah, I feel like you guys were almost there mm-hmm. and double back. Yeah, so we so we so when we found it, we at first we were like, well, if we don't find the hill, we'll just hike for, hmm. our, for our training today. You know why we haven't had a race there? Hmm. The limited parking. That was the that was one of the reasons. I'm telling you, if that. we could have a race there, there is they allow for camping and cookouts, and it would be a perfect place for bros and bras to kind of do our own bros and bros and Bragnar, and 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 it would be super fun. So if if anybody listening to this has not been out there, it's right as you're going into Harper's Ferry, um, it just right there past I guess the gas station. You make a right. Yeah. It is so, and then you'll see the sign going into the place, and it, it's super fun. I think we'll go back there for our runs. The um, the climb was about 120 meters. Yeah, we were. Um, so this week is great week, and, and Travis and I started. We we're like, yeah, we're gonna kill it, and then we were like, <laughs> okay, let's let's think about last week's podcast. We actually need to dial it back a little bit, and not go <laughs> so hard. Yeah. And I think we did. Look, we made. I I think we. I think we. Travis, you're doing pretty well with that and the rest. I think I've made some compromises this week and dialed it back a little bit. Didn't do everything I wanted to do, but I think I think my attitude was better because I had a little bit more downtime. You know? Did you haven't run that race out there, Jenny? The one that they had for the flip flop festival? No. Mm-mm. I wonder where you were for that race. Because no. Cook Zero, I think, was involved with it a couple of years ago. But there's a lot of good trail runs. That's Paul Cook Sarah. There's a lot of good uh, trail running back in there, and it's a really fast course. Or coaster. If you're if you're a son of a bitch, it was, but you would hit that uh, power lines somewhere halfway up that climb, and then you would run down to the water, and it, it was a really good course, but it just didn't have um, didn't have the resources we needed for some reason. That is too bad, but I think that if we have a limited number of people going out there, it would be super fun. I'm looking at where it connects with the AT. You could easily park over at uh, Keys Gap and run to the power lines and then shoot down. Oh, wait. Is that... So, okay, so if we went... If we parked at Keys Gap, which is at the top of Route 9, right by the Liberty Gas Station, and we ran toward Harper's Ferry, we would run into that. So I have run... I So I knew that I had run that section of the AT, and it looked familiar. I've actually run that several times and not realized that that hill was there. So that's really neat. So that's something that if we're running down Keys Gap, yeah. we can take uh, we can take a detour down the hill, run some of those trails if we want an you extra distance. You're looking at a mile and a half warm up of moderately. You got a few rock gardens, but it's not the end of the world. Great. But you can basically run to the top of that hill and then do your hill repeats there and then run back to Keys Gap. Another thing to talk about with grit is, and as we talk about these different trails, is sometimes grit is just getting out there and doing the same trails because yeah. you get really, really tired of doing the same ones. We live in a great area for finding trails. So if, if anybody out there is really struggling with, I just don't want to do CNO Canal again or Maryland Heights again, because a lot of those are the same places. Travis, you talked about those are the same two places you went last it year was, with your training. It was. 
We have a lot of variety. There's an app called All Trails. I'm sure everybody knows about this, but I didn't until recently. You can go on Strava and look at other local areas. So Travis and I have, I think, done a very good job at figuring out other trails to run other than just the Appalachian Trail all the time to give us variety. Last week we went to Centerville. This week mm-hmm. we went to Seneca Creek. There, We live in a great area for trails, not mm-hmm. just those on the formal Appalachian Trail. Seneca Creek was a lot like a hash riding for you. Uh, yeah, so that that's what I was going to get into. The only thing with some of these trails that we figured out, I don't know if anybody can relate. You, when you're used to running on the Appalachian Trail, you're used to seeing blaze marks adequately. When you run on these other trails that you find, uh, they're not always marked well. And Seneca Creek is one of them. That um, Seneca Creek, famously in many spots, would go fork off in more than one direction and you would see no blaze marks. So you had no idea which direction that trail was actually supposed to go. And it's, and I guess it couldn't go both directions because the other direction was clearly another trail, the way it would connect up. Um, and so that's why I fell in the beginning when I was looking at my phone and trying to figure out where we were. And the whole, I think the first two miles in was like a hash run. We mm-hmm. would get to one of those forks and then we would go one direction and see where go as far as we could didn't see a blaze mark would go the other direction go as far as we could until we saw a blaze mark and then we were like on on i'm gonna interrupt were you at the black hill regional park where is that the lake you were at which is part of seneca creek we know it was green we 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 ran the green the greenway trail but we had the but it took us about a mile to get to the greenway trail so the 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 lake that you parked at i'm I'm only lake i'm seeing germantown correct and no, it's not Germantown. It's, um, oh God, why did I just blank? Gaithersburg, you mean? Yes, Gaithersburg. Okay. I'm trying to find the trail as, there's Seneca Creek State Park right mm-hmm. there. So you were right at uh, the Schaefer Farm Trails. Which is oh! We, which is where we ran. So I there. have run there. So a couple mm-hmm. years ago, Bros and Bros went out there. There are some um, bike trails. So Kevin, if you recall, that trail is very much like Ragnar Richmond. So if anybody listening is planning on running Ragnar Richmond and has not been out to these, these these trails, I highly recommend it for training. And if anybody wants to get together with a Bros and Bras group, we can go do it because it's very similar to what you're going to be running in Richmond. It's not, Richmond is not like Appalachians. It's not like the Appalachian Trail. It's not muddy or excuse me. It's not super rocky or super technical it's a much more enjoyable trail well you guys should go train at shape farm because shape farms provides you with um four mile loop five mile loops so loops are set in place terrific just like ragnar but it has like a mountain bike course in other words you get bank turns you have steep downhills it's a really good spot to uh, to do trail run training just a tip yeah yeah so i mean that's our week um I think we had, I think it was good to talk about some of the grit, positivity, negativity, attitude is everything. Um, I appreciate you sticking, sticking by me this week, Travis, with your last week, really. <laughs> um, Speaking of grit, do you want to talk about trying to train when you're sore? In what way? Like, like just... You're sore right now. Yeah, so Travis... Travis's coach gives him a lot of good um, insight into what we should be feeling when we're running. Thursdays, we have a tough run with hills. Yeah, yeah I, I asked him, I said, before the long run, I was like, am I supposed to be this tired? 
And he's like, absolutely. He said, if you're not this tired, you're not tra- training hard. Then That's when good. you get to your races and you taper, then you, you show up. Train, but not track tired. Yeah. Yeah. And so we're training on tired legs. And, and that, that really helps me because there are times that um, when I'm really tired and we've had a tough training week and we're following the training plan, that I go, oh my God, what is wrong with me? I'll never be able to run. And that, that fed into when I was listening to mm-hmm. stuff, hearing all these runners saying, oh, I just ran this. And I'm like, what the hell? Like, what is wrong with me? Maybe I will never be a runner like this. Am I ever going to get to that level? Um, There's a difference between training on tired legs, training when you're tapering. There there are many different types of training. And by the way, every time you're training, you're not supposed to be training on tired legs either. But our long runs are intended, are are spaced out two days after that last tough run. Just I think they're intended to be on tired legs. Yeah, our legs are not recovered entirely. Has he adjusted your training plan for Seneca? Yes. Okay, so there'll be something different. Yeah, more, walk, more walking this week. And he's got me doing hill repeats again this week, but he's doubted it way, way back. Yeah, the reps are less. Yeah, it's like two, six two-minute two minute deals. Yeah. It's good. And which I didn't tell him till last night that I was doing Seneca Creek. So it's like he kind of had to throw this together pretty quick. That's my fault. It was on our training plan and I planned on doing it, but I wasn't. I said, let me see how our training actually goes because I, uh, if, if I wasn't feeling it and I didn't think that we were ready to do it, I just wouldn't have done it. I just wouldn't have registered, mm. but felt good. And so poor Travis was, didn't even plan on doing it until yesterday. Now that you've recon part of the course, what are your expectations of Seneca Creek? I, I expect it's going to be tough. I expect that... Um, tough why? Course, distance, time of day, temperature? Uh, the amount of runners running on a course. Um, when you're running by yourself... So a couple things. When you're running out on a course during a race, uh, you, this is single track. And so it's going to be a single file, uh, difficult to pass runners, number one. Number two... Even if it's dry out there, we saw spots that are just wet anyway, and the more foot traffic you have going through them, the more we're going to see mud no matter what. So I expect it to be muddier. I expect it to be difficult to pass people. And I expect the pace to be... I I won't be able to control my pace as much as, as, as this week. What I worry about, Travis and I were talking about this, Travis and I do not intend to stay together the whole time unless we, we happen to stay together. We are very comfortable running our own paces next week. Um, but I worry that I'll go with the pack, not want to fall back with behind a line of people and have to pass a bunch of people and run too fast. I don't want to do that, but I'm worried that's going to happen. Or um, Wait, explain that again. So um, this has happened to me at Ragnar where, or, or even at Race for the Birds last year where I'll start a race and I'll be behind people who don't run trail very often. And it's fine. There's no judgment being passed here, but they don't know. They're way careful. There is judgment being passed. Get the fuck out of the way. No, no, no. no, (laughs) Seriously. But no, I'm telling you there. Yes. That's how I feel. There are also people who don't understand how to let people pass. Yeah. So I go behind somebody who's hogging the trail. On your left. I'm going to pass. Get out of my On your left. Yeah, so so I've I've been in enough races like that where I'm behind people who clearly don't run trail very often. So I'm like, if I stay on your left, please just move to the right. Let me go. It's not a run. This is a 
race. Yeah, but I'm not treating it as a race. No, but my point is, if we're out there running and we pay a registration, we have a bib on. Yeah. I'm going to run you over. It's no, a race. <laughs> no, I'm, we're an, not I'm an aggressive that. racer. I'm not an aggressive trainer. Yeah, but, it, but, but for 50K, so if this were a 10K, like what I did for Race for the Birds last year, right? I know that I can go out there and I can kill it and I can just destroy and go. But this is different. I'm... I, longer distances I still haven't figured out my pacing so I plan to run slower anyway but what I don't want to have happen is running that slower pace and being running even slower because I can't get around somebody and because sometimes when you slow too much it hurts your hips it just really hurts so I don't want that to happen next week I don't know what my strategy is gonna have to be because if I go out in the front I'm going to want to keep up with the people around me because that happens and then I'm going to tire myself out. I, you I, I, should uh, do exactly that. You should go out hard. Do I want to tire myself out? No, you should go out hard. And once you've gotten all the minutia out of the way, mm-hmm. then you settle into your pace. You put in a f- strong three miles, you're going to wear out the whole pack. And then you'll be running around actual trail runners that should be there just like you. Mm-hmm. That's, you don't need my advice. Trevor, yeah, but, but I worry about what's going to happen to mile 20 when that, I have 10 miles to go. That was my strategy, JFK, last year. I went out harder on the Appalachian Trail than I normally would have, but years past, I've lost a lot of time on the trail getting behind people. So I exserted myself to beat that crowd this year. And I tried to recover like a little bit. racing. My coach hmm, in high school really? always said, get in front of people and make them worry about having to pass you. Okay. And that's why these jerks are in front of you. But don't you worry about burning yourself out? Like, I just, 50K is totally different. Hmm? What kind of motor you got? I got a, this whole I got podcast, a good motor for short distances. This whole podcast <laughs> really is about good motor ripped, for short. Jenny. Yeah, okay. So what kind of motor do you have? A cautious uh, motor. A, a, a motor that did 22 miles yesterday. Mm-hmm. With a screwed up shoulder. today. Yeah. A, a, a crazy terrible wind weather hill repeat this week yeah on top of doing striders in the dark surrounded by animals what kind of <laughs> what kind of motor do you have for a, a, for frankly a, a 50k like we're not sweating that are we we are because this is like Kevin. so i guess, we'll Jenny, so I guess I, I you'd be sweating it, it you're sweating it because i don't have a lot of experience in no, it, so, so the point is you're trained yeah you know how to run yeah you know how to pace yourself appropriately I hope you don't come back saying, oh. I wish I had done. I wish I had gotten in front of all these slow people. Well, because honestly. I'm not trying to talk shit about slow people, but (laughs) I ended up at a point in the pack, right? Well, I'm going to be one of the slow people. No, it had been too rude to try and pass them. Get the F. Well, no, I I lose patience on trail, and when it is a race, and there's somebody who clearly has not gone out and done the work on trail, and they're like pussyfooting around routes and stuff. I'm like, get out of the way. Here's a question: When you line up in the starting line, where do you line up? If there's 200 runners, what is your position? If it's a trail, I'll be toward the front. But that doesn't mean I'm running. Jenny, toe the line. It's gonna take me forever to finish this. Toe the line. Okay. Okay. That makes me scared. Here's the deal. I bet, even under terrible conditions, you might be 10% above your marathon PR. My, well, my, well, my, my marathon, I what, did, what is your marathon PR? I'm not going to say. It's embarrassing. I'm not going to say. But listen. Let's assume it's four hours and 20 minutes. It's four more hours. than that. Four, four. So, hold on. 
When we did, hold on, no, I'm, I'm, I'm over. It's around four. I've had three glasses of Jameson right now. Conversation. (laughs) Hey, Kevin. No, Kevin. Let me. Let me. No, no. Let me just explain. Let me just explain. So you said that what you don't want to have happen is you come back and you say, "Well, I was too conservative." That's what I did with my marathon. I ran. I ran the most comfortable pace I could so that I wouldn't get tired the whole time because I didn't know what 26.2 miles was going to feel like. And so I did. So I think it was like a four. Is this your first 50K? No. Okay. Okay. So. But I only know a 50K from Miner's Lady and doing loops and that terminal hill. Let's assume your marathon PR is a 440. 10% of that would be a 515. I'm putting money down. No. That you beat a 515. Oh, I won't. No, listen, listen to me. Listen to me. You don't think so. Miner's Lady took me every bit of that eight hours to finish because my knee went out and I had to like walk the whole last loop. It was really hard. So I don't, I, if it, I'll just be happy to finish. I really will. If I get, if I get a PR, that will give me a huge confidence boost because then I'll know I've come a lot farther since Miner's Lady, since my first 50. Are you, are you stronger now than you was then? Yeah. Travis. 525. No, no way. Because we were out there for four hours and we were only at 22 miles for four, four something. No, mm-mm. it's going to be more. And that's okay. That was a, a training pace. I'm going to run at my training pace. Travis, I'm running at my training pace. We I, said I'm not going to. And did. I don't want to kill my legs. If I'll tell you what, Kevin, if I ran at the pace I ran <laughs> yesterday, but without stopping, I would feel amazing. It felt, I was, I was in that sweet spot. Do you want to feel amazing or is it a race? I don't know. I want to feel amazing. I don't want to feel like dead. At 5K, I know I'm going to feel dead. The reason I love ultras, people, ultras, but they don't tell you. And I guess they're the elites that run like JFK in less than six hours. What people don't tell you about ultras are number one, they're eating festivals. They're competitive eating festivals. Number two, you can slow it down. I hate 5Ks. They hurt. So I'm I'm adjusting my time now. I'm adjusting. Six flat. Uh, I'd say, I'd say, uh, let's, let's, let's hope I can do it in seven. That would be nice. I'm so married to you that I know. Kevin, yesterday my average, my, my average, it was like just under 13 for, for 22 miles. So it's going to be around that. Mine was 1303. It's going to be around that. Yeah. We were conservative. But, and if I'm going to walk so that my, my, yeah. Travis, look at me. Six hours. <laughs> I, I can the, see. The reason why I'm saying that is, yeah, God, wouldn't that be a dream come true? But we'll see. I mean, who knows? First of all, it's just like thirty some odd miles. Shut up, Kevin! Don't okay. make it like that. This is talking about grit and being real. Thirty miles is a lot. Do you have grit or not? I, yeah. So get it done. Yeah. I mean, seriously. I guess this is what we say. So yesterday, last week, when when I was struggling. And, and Travis and I came together. We were like, "Well, we're just gonna get this shit done." Part of my French. This year, this week, when Travis was struggling, and I was like, "Suck it up, let's go, let's we we got this. You're good." That's what you said. Well, why don't you take another salt tablet? I was like, "No, I'm just I'm gonna suck it up and and get it death done." Yeah, that's... but you you were bonking. Yeah. Uh-huh. So you guys were staying together while you were bonking. Yeah. Yeah. If she if she toes the line at the start, first, I mean, there's a lot of psychology. Is it? This is not training this is a race mm-hmm. you're using this race as training so you tow the line like an effing champion and you head out at a pace that's uncomfortable for 10 minutes okay i'm Five. sure people are screaming saying this is not the way 
I like, if, if I like it's the not race. the way, okay, if it's not the way, I will learn my lesson. It's okay to learn my if lesson in these the races. Way, I'm going to mm-hmm. finish no matter what, but I'm going to learn my lesson. It's if fine. If it's not the way, send Jenny a text message. Okay, seriously. But in my racer mind, I'm a racer, and if I don't want to get stuck behind overzealous knuckleheads, I need to send a message early, and it's okay to get past Jenny. It's yeah. okay to it's okay to be that it's okay to be that knucklehead. <laughs> where where the real enlightenment is is when you realize it's okay to go out hard and to be that knucklehead. I'm that guy all uh-huh. the time. Uh-huh. I will go out hard and fast oh, I do that too. to not be inconvenienced by a pack that's not my stuff. And that's the only concern and that's the only reason that I would do anything like that, but I cannot redline and I have to be careful with that. I all I'm worried about is that single track. So You're all not this, gonna redline in ten no, minutes. But listen, all I worry about is the single track. A lot of this is it's single track. Like, it's gonna be passing. It's gonna be like fifteen degrees. That's the point. It's mm-hmm. gonna be cold. You're not gonna redline when it's that cold. Go out for a while, you realize you're around runners that are your style, then you downshift to your manageable pace. Mm-hmm. And you're going to get past. And that's when you settle into an ultra-endurance kind of mindset. It's like, okay, even these jokers that might be past me now, I might catch them down the road. Mm-hmm. I might not catch them. Mm-hmm. You might be running with a real aggressive group. That's I, okay. I, I, I want to learn so much. This is really fun. This is really, now I'm jumping in. I'm diving into the ultra world by saying, okay, let me, now that I'm going to do this, and I've done two ultras thus far, let me actually start to experience what it's really like and just get very comfortable in that world. And Jenny, so what you my don't realize one. is that you are training at a level that is going to make you competitive. You can, I don't, I've never thought just... of myself as being competitive in ultra. I enjoy doing it because I don't have to be competitive. I do. I love it. So that is a, a. It's not your nature at all. You are competitive. Not as a racer. I wasn't. I, I am. I wasn't raced for the birds last year because I was on trail and I know how to run trail. And I was like, and I didn't even know I was winning Are you until I came into the end. Trying to tell people that you're not competitive. Do you think they believe? Oh that? no no no! I'm com- I'm competitive in life. As a runner, what so what used to happen to me in CrossFit is somebody would come and pass me, and as soon as someone passes me, I give up. I'm like, yeah, screw it. I'm not gonna win anyway, so it's cool. That happens to me in races. So I know I'm Does not. Does it really? It, it didn't it, it didn't race for the birds. Christmas. No, Christmas is just the first time I've been able to run fast because I changed my nutrition. That's it. Yeah. Okay, so it raced for the birds you won. Anyway, Travis, you can talk. Are you competitive? Well, I'm with myself. Yeah. I, I think that's about how far my competitive goes. Okay. You but don't give I, up when, no, the, when the mileage just gets high, ever. No, I don't get, I won't stop. I mean... My competitions, my watching, my goals. Mm-hmm. So, how does grit apply to competition? Or do you? Neither one of you have any experience with actually competing and wanting to beat somebody. The only experience that I really had where I was raised for the birds again because I came up that hill, and I'm never in the front. Okay, first of all. Through, I was never in the front of the pack. The only reason I was was because all the runners were running Boston. That was Boston Marathon weekend. Or they were running Boston Marathon on Monday. And uh, <laughs> so everybody was already out of town for the race. But I came up that last hill, and I didn't know I was in So first. they didn't show up? They didn't show up. The fast runners, the fast, fast runners that, that we all know in this area were not there. So and they didn't show up? Yeah, they didn't you show scared up. scared them? 
They were they running. Knew you were gonna be they there. were running the Boston <laughs> Marathon. So they chose a different race. <laughs> you know who I'm talking to. You hear me? Out. Yeah. I, <laughs> so what happened was I didn't even know. I knew I was having a good race and I was flying on trail because I love trail. And and I came up on that last hill and you were like you're in the front and I was like get out of here. I'm not. That's not even being humble. That was like, oh my god. And then you said there was some young girl who was behind me and so you know a young person so by the way we have not given our ages on the podcast i am 42 and travis 46 i can say he's like a 65 year old man's old <laughs> kidding um i'm 40 i'm over 40 and this girl was like i guess she, she looked like she was in high school was coming up so i'm like oh crap she's gonna pass me ain't no way this girl is 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 gonna be slower than a 40 41 year old woman and so the only reason i was able to give jenny race intel is because i only ran a 5k so he was so so he said i did win that though no but but <laughs> because because i did you yeah that's right kevin also won but because because oh i'm sorry i just won the age group i think it's winning <laughs> the only other time i the only other time i won was because somebody got off course but it's nice to win it never happened it was amazing i was like wow it was really cool i wasn't at, win at seneca huh no listen shut up so um so I was never in track, so I didn't go through the awesome coaching that you get in track on how to actually do race. I never did race strategy things. So Kevin, at the end of Race for the Birds, is giving me race strategy as I'm running in, and he's like, this is what you do. And I, at that point, was gassed because I came up a hill, and I see this girl behind me, and he's telling me, like, she's, she's basically right on my heels. She wasn't. She was a little farther back, but I was like, she's going to catch me. And Kevin coached me in like he was he was my track coach. If you can see them, they're too close. Exactly. And what you did was amazing because had I not known, I would not have won that race. And it was like, it was amazing. It was a really cool experience. It was. I truly felt like she was coming hard. You have enough heart that you could have beat her if you didn't know they were coming. But that that's the thing, man. It's like everybody. I mean, I don't. I don't care. I'm gonna call the whole planet out right now. If you sign up for a 5K, or you sign up for the Turkey Trot, or the Neighborhood 10K, or the the race that's it's sponsoring the or, or paying for the new uniforms for the local high school track team, it's still a race. No matter what, it's still a race. If nobody shows up and mm-hmm. you happen to be the fastest one there, you know what you did? One. You won. Right. I like the smaller races where there's like five people there because of the fair <laughs> chance of winning. Of course. But, I, but, I, but, but it's... It feels what, good to Kevin, win. Kevin, the magic, the magic was, and you started out, this whole conversation started with you saying, have you been in a situation with a race where you've had to use grit? How would grit apply? Grit applies, I can, I can use it as a point of reference in that where I was so spent and I knew I had to give it my all to go VO2 max like we were doing on those hills. Remember when you were tired and you pushed even harder? That's what I had to do with that girl. And you experienced this because you were a track, not only a track athlete, you were a track star. No, 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 you were. What was your mile time? 412. (laughs) Sizzler. 
and he legit he legitimately was Kevin was. It's also my uh, marathon time. What was okay? So what was and and you ran the army ten miler and how fast? The first time I think it was fifty five. Yeah. Minutes. Yeah, Kevin. Kevin does not. The first two miles were sub five. If we're gonna put it out there, just to send a message. Kevin never. <laughs> Kevin never talks about it, but he was a legit track runner when he was younger. And when he ran that army ten miler, you were in the army. This was back when he weighed one hundred and thirty pounds. As I got heavier, though, I slowed down. My second time I ran it was fifty seven. The third time I ran it was one hundred and three. So that was a real disgrace. for a ten miler. That was a real disgrace. <laughs> <laughs> So Kevin has had a lifetime of experience with with uh, just racing. It's just racing. No, 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 no. He learned being a track star and having coaches who taught him and, and who taught him race strategy. Shout out, Coach Kiernan. Yeah. <laughs> what school? Bishop O'Connor. <laughs> Kevin, Kevin learned race strategy, and every so often he'll talk to me about race strategy. Travis turned me on to a really awesome movie. What was it called? The one where the the girl is the what did it came out this year? Yeah, I don't know the name now. Yeah. yeah. Was it Unbreakable or Unbreakable? Unbreakable. Yes. And this young woman becomes a runner on her track team, and um, Kevin and I are watching the movie, and there's a section. So her father, her father is in a hospital. Her father, who she's never <laughs> known her whole life, is in a hospital, and her father was a, was like a, I guess a track star, or, and and he is dying in a hospital, and he knows his daughter is going to run this race, and he makes a recording of every of of a five was it a five k I forget it was a cross country race. Uh, it's five k. Yeah, was it states? Yes. And he makes a recording of her for her to talk about the entire race strategy and her pacing. He's like, okay, when you start out, this is what you're going to do. And this is how you're going to start to slowly overtake the next runner and the next runner. And Kevin and I are watching it. I'm watching the movie. Tears are streaming down my face because I'm like, oh my God, this is the magic of what happens in a race. Uh, because I didn't grow up in sports or in track. I never, I never learned any of that stuff. And so the magic of having Kevin there for that race, telling me those things in the last moment, I was like, I get it. I've just never applied that. Have you ever applied that in a race, Travis? No. I mean, you were a high school athlete. Yeah, that was a long time ago. But yeah. this the racing is, since my back injuries and stuff, I just set my own goals and try to achieve what I, what I set out to do. Yeah. I think you and I have always said that our goals are for ourselves, but I think it would be fun at some point to test it out and see, well, we've come a little farther. Let's see if we can push our pacing a little bit. I think we just well, need to get used to. We just did that on a couple of weeks ago. We did. <laughs> that was really cool. We did that time testing the Appalachian Trail. So, um, but it, yeah, it is, it is fun to get that challenge. And, and that I think there's different forms of grit. There's grit for yourself. There's grit. Um, in a race. So, so Kevin, I appreciate some of the lessons that you've taught me that I didn't get to learn as a young person growing up in sports. Does grit wear out? No. I, I think grit's part of you. I can you, tell you where it does. Where? Because I've had my grit wear out. Same race. Race for the birds. 5K. Um, that's three miles. So about mile 1.25. It's a long stretch of kind of a, it's a very country-based race. You're running through a field. Cross-country, very much. Yeah. It's got, um, it's got like divots and holes and ruts from a tractor and whatnot. It's not a very groomed location is what I'm trying to say. Um, 
I see this girl in front of me, definitely a young girl. She's bent over, holding her knees like she smoked. She went out hard. I'm like, this is going to be a good trail kill. I'm going to pass her. And she stands up, and I'm about 40 minutes behind her, and she starts running at my pace. Then she picks up the pace and starts to leave me. I'm like, right. <laughs> half a mile ahead of me. I can still kind of see her. Out of breath again, bent over, catching her breath. And I'm like, huh, okay. The psychology is there's nobody around me really. There's a couple people behind me, but I'm not going to let them pass me, I don't think. Unless there's some like superstar back there. And by the, by the way, at this point, I've already been lapped by Nelson. He's already lapped me. Nelson won the race overall. Yeah, he's very fast. But um, I'm... Trying to catch this girl, I'm trying to catch her, and this is pretty nasty gravel climb, um, about three quarters of a mile out from the finish line. And I push and push and push and push, and I catch her walk on that hill, and then I just jog the hill, and I realize if I can get to the top of this hill, if middle of the top of the hill, if I can break her soul at that point. That's what I do. Taking souls. Take David Goggins, <laughs> taking souls. So if I can break that soul she will give up hope. She'll be like, okay, that guy just got me. The same way I realize if someone passed me, I'm like, go ahead, bro, you got this. I'm like, I'm not messing with you. But at this point, I've been battling her for a good mile. And because uh, she kept disrespecting me by catching her breath. She'd mm-hmm. run real fast, catch her breath. Right. I'm like, that's not, that is not cool. <laughs> to my psyche. So I break her. And then uh, we have the top of the hill. We have a little climb. Not a little climb, but a, a nice flat and then we turn left, and it's gravel, and then it's a uh, little bit more of a climb, and then you can kind of see and hear the finish line from that point. Mm-hmm. And it's a nice little downhill before the last 200 meters. The last 200 meters is a tiny climb, but it gets your attention, and then it runs to the left of the race course, and then comes back around, loops you back into the finish line. I saw her friends just hollering as I was in my two-minute final sprint, in quotation marks, and my grit got spent in my psychological battle with her on that climb and trying to catch her, mm-hmm. and my grit was in the race. It wasn't in the final sprint. So I believe that grit can wear... You, you, you can expire your grit because that girl caught me in the final 50 meters, and I had zippy. And haven't you always taught me about race strategy, um, as we've talked about it, that there is a time when you have to save it to kick it in at the end? I don't know. I don't know if that's the case. I think, like in that particular moment, I smashed myself in the two miles prior, just to make the statement that should have broke her soul. But that you didn't break her soul. Youth, youth gets in every time. She had it, and her crew was supporting her, and I was this tubby <laughs> runner in short shorts, and I was a great target. I swear to God, I see this girl at almost every race I go to now, mm-hmm. but it's a 5K locally, mm-hmm. and she prides herself on beating me every time. And that's fine. <laughs> I'm flattered to be a target. Yeah. Um, and she really does. She runs the same crew, um, and I... Uh, I lose to her almost every race now. She's really coming to her own and no longer out of breath at the one and a quarter mile mark. But my grit, I used up my grit in the battle, but not in the finish line. So 
It's funny that it worked that way because I want to say a final thing to kind of close this out about grit. I think you get more grit as you age. I, I had the roughest first half of my life. You can compare the first half of my life to the second half of my life. It's like I'm not even the same person. I mean, it was really hard. And I thought I had grit when I was younger. I thought I had kind of what it takes. But you need, it's like a fine wine. You just age and you get these battle scars and you get tougher and tougher and tougher. And when I'm at a race, I always worry about the teenagers going out because they got youth on their side. But they don't necessarily have experience on their side of grit. They haven't seen some of the worst things in life yet. They don't, they're not scarred up yet. And so what I love about the ultra community is that it is the norm in my perception to see people who are older than me killing it. It's the norm to see, the, it's a weird thing that happens. It's like you reach a certain point and you get over 40 and you start seeing runners getting faster and faster and faster and they're all in the ultra community. And so when you go to races and you see like the awards ceremonies and you see the people and you hear their times that are older than even, even you, Travis. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting on that. <laughs> even older than 46-year-old than Travis here. <laughs> Man, that's cool. And so I appreciate the the battle battle scars that we get. I welcome them even when we have bad attitudes or good attitudes because I think that as we age, it's just going to continue to make us stronger. I like having the pride of knowing that it's because of the grit that we had to have in the hard days that we can have an easy day like yesterday on trail. 22 miles feels like an easy day. That is because of the grit that we endured in the other days. Have we heard about Travis's grit yet before we wrap up? Is there I a time mean, when you applied a little well, bit of SOP? Four times doing JFK. I would say JFK when when I knew I was close to all the time cut Olson. I mean, I, I would never quit. Break it down for us, man. Give us one of those time cutoffs. How was the weather? How did it feel? Um, what happened? How did you adjust? The hardest one was when I got cut off at mile 46. But... Bro, that's not grit, though. That's That just sucks. Yeah, well, what did it, it do to suck. build it, though? What? what did it do to build your character? Why didn't you give up? Because of the grit. I mean, it's oh, who I am. Okay. It's, it's just what I believe in. And I, I knew that I just have no quit in me when it comes to stuff like that. I would rather be taken off the course because they don't allow me to keep going than to say I, I give up. Did you apply that same logic to, or did, did that same thing apply to your sobriety? Um, yes, in a way, um, because I first thing I did there was just disassociate myself with all the people that I ran around with and just build a new life and put myself around people like you guys, Dr. Mark and Two River Treads people. When you were, when you were getting clean... Yeah. When you were going through your your um, yourself to get the withdrawals, I would say to do it the way I did it, with no help, no no other substitutes for the. To you take didn't the take any drugs to get off your drugs. No, I just quit everything, and I would say that that took some grit because I knew if I just took one pill, all the pain's gone, all the sickness is gone, the throwing up the diarrhea, the everything, mm -hmm. that would be fine in five minutes. Mm -hmm. if, if all I'd do was take one pill, it would, but I would be back in the same boat that I 
just trying to get out of. So what was it in you that that resisted taking that one pill? What what of all the times um, in your life? For, so so you you struggled with substance use for ten years of your life. Yeah. What I call your blackout period. I do just perception because I feel like that's ten years of your life that just kind of. Yeah, too bad. What what. What was it about that time that, that you felt like you built your grit to be able to say, I'm going to push through? I was going to die. That's heavy. That's the truth. Why didn't, didn't you believe you were going to die in the other parts of the 10 years? Or were you just... I, it was getting bad. It was getting worse. I recognized it was getting worse. My mom recognized... Everybody around me recognized the path I was... I mean, I, I was going down the road to death. That was my only... That was my ending thing. I was going to be dead soon. Yeah. And so that was enough for you to say, wow, this is real. I might die. We heard every ice going into the, that glass. The, <laughs> the, the hurt that I seen in my mother's eyes when she knew I was going to die. Sure. That, that was enough. Sure. That's, um, and so yeah. do you ever, do you ever think of that when you're running? I think back of the days of just laying in bed, just medicated where I couldn't do nothing. Does it help you um, thinking yeah. about those days? Yeah. What I think about more is all, all the people who are currently doing it now that I wish could get themselves straightened out. I mean, I do the things I do to help the people who, who wish they could run, but, but they can't. When, when, you were, when you were going through your substance use, did you... Did you ever feel like you could, that, that running or physical activity was a possibility? No, no. Because I had every doctor I went to saying, that I'm lucky to even be walking. There's like, well, I mean, we can keep your pain, you know, tolerated with all this medicine. So what, if, if you were in that boat today, what would you need to hear from an outsider that might make you believe that maybe you could get up and move and be healthier and try? What if I went back if, if you were if you were yourself then what would yourself now have to tell you yourself that that would make you feel like you could do it? like how could you inspire somebody today um, who was in your boat yesterday don't don't just listen to what the medical field is telling you feel what i mean i always thought i could do more than what i was doing i mean it, it sucks being on disability and not working and things like that and i, I believed all the doctors I mean, when they told me I would walk with the cane, I mean, I believe that was my, you know, that's how the rest of my life was going to be. And you were a young man. Yeah. You were a much younger man. I mean, you were 10, it was, it was over 10 years ago. So thinking about somebody in their 30s, thinking I'm just going to be with a cane for the rest of my life. Yeah, I, disability. I, was, I was like, I'm going to live on pain medicine the rest of my life. I'm not going to own nothing. I'm not going to ever work again. I mean, it what a good place to be. I think it takes a lot of courage and grit to get out of that. And it takes a, a, even more courage to continue every day knowing that you have a choice to make. You, you can go back to who you were or you can continue to move forward. And so mm -hmm. I think as we, as we talk about the lessons of grit today, it's not just in our running. It's in life. Yeah. And, and if we think about ultra runners and we all have a piece that we're trying to heal, that's your piece. I it is. It is. It's my. Uh, it's my new drug. It's my drug of choice now. Mm -hmm. Is trying to get healthy. Trying to undo the damage that I've caused myself. 
the damage I caused my family. I mean, I'm still every day living, I live with a lot of regret that, you know, my mom seen me like that. My family seen me like that. But on the other hand, it, it's satisfying to see the way they look at me nowadays of what I do now. And seeing other people who I think every so often I have, I have had the pleasure of seeing this with Travis. I've been with Travis and Travis has been recognized. This has happened to us three times now. Yeah. And people have said, Hey, you're that guy. Love what you're doing. This yeah. is, you're such an inspiration. Yeah, folk, I got the message the other day on Facebook. I had to think, who's this? Who is this? Yeah. When they said that they was going to register for JFK because I embedded the seed in their, in their mind. So there are two people who have registered for JFK because of you, me and that person. That's, right. that's all you can ask for. So I think that, I think that just to, that's a perfect way to close this out and that what it's all about is not about what's happening outwardly in the physical activity. It's about the mind and the intentions that we, that, that we have to get through the tough stuff, but to also admit to ourselves, it's tough. We're not perfect. And we're trying to be better, and we're trying to um, we're trying to be stronger, and we're trying to help other people feel like they can try too. Agreed. That's great. Now we covered everything. I think we covered it. everything. <laughs> All right. Great job. Talk Thank to you next week. Thanks. Thank you. This podcast is brought to you by City National Bank in Ransom, West Virginia. I am Melissa Knott and manage both of our Jefferson County locations. Our Charlestown location is located on George Street in Charlestown and the Ransom location is located in the Potomac Marketplace Shopping Center. City National Bank is a full-service community bank that provides an array of financial services. We offer a range of free checking accounts and savings products for both consumer and business customers. City National Bank offers competitive low-rate and low-cost lending products for both business and personal needs. Come and talk to me or one of my team members and get products and services that are tailored to fit your schedule and help you to achieve your financial goals. I can be reached at both the Ransom and Charlestown locations. Check out our website at www.bankatcity.com. Today's intro song is called Mean in a Good Way. It's written and performed by Peter Clark off of his album, Peter Clark After Dark. Peter, <laughs> Peter describes this song as being the best song to learn hula hooping to. Peter is an avid hooper and recently started a hula hoop repair business. If you ever need hula hoop repair, consider contacting Peter. You can reach him on SoundCloud. Just search Peter Clark After Dark. <laughs>